Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, my friends. We will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com 
where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest and friend, Laura Cheadle, who is the host of the Flaunt Podcast. Laura, my friend, how are you today? What is happening in your world? I am doing great. My world is just looking forward to summer. So excited to be here. Yeah, same. Me too. I'm very yeah. much looking forward to it. So for those who do not know you as well as I do, tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. That sounds great. Um, I am Laura Cheadle. I am a betrayal recovery coach. And Although I thought I had a really good childhood. I did have a good childhood. I was taken care of. I was fed. I was sheltered. I had loving parents. I came to realize that what was tragic about my childhood was I was constantly having my intuition trained out of me. I was constantly told to be positive, to be happy to trust that everything was going okay, and that when I would sense that something was off, I was told that I was wrong. No, 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 everything's fine. There's nothing bad happening. Everything is okay. So what that really did was it set me up for a life of not really understanding when people were telling me the truth versus when they were lying to me. So with that little setup, I grew up, I fell in love. I fell in love with a wonderful man and I thought everything was perfect because I was raised in a world where everything was perfect. Don't you know? Everybody's perfect. Everything is perfect. Everyone is perfect. Well, it turns out he was raised with very significant, serious child abuse. On the ACE score, he's got a score of nine out of 10. I know we've talked about that before. Um, severe emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, poverty, all of that. I never really had an understanding of trauma because I was, I was raised with the belief that everything's perfect and everybody will take care of you and just trust, trust, trust. He never addressed his trauma either. So 
In the course of a marriage, as what normally happens, conflict arises. Stress happens. You don't get your needs met. You're unable to communicate. You get your feelings hurt. I never recognized any of the ways that his feelings were getting hurt. I just thought we were all fine. He, with his trauma background, saw everything as a threat. So everything I did and said was a threat. Everything he did and said, I thought was perfect. As you can imagine, this didn't lead (laughs) to very great outcomes. Several years into our marriage, seven years into our marriage, he started having his first of five different affairs. I never knew until 15 years later. 15 years later, I found out that he had had five affairs and that many of those were pretty long-term affairs over the course of our marriage. And to say that I was completely broken and shattered is an understatement because not only did I have all of that immediate trauma of my husband cheating on me and all of that unworthiness and all of that figuring out of what I was going to do and reframing my entire past, the entire 15 years, you know, previous. But I also had to start dealing with my childhood and the way that I was raised with this belief that everything's fine. Just smile, just make it positive, make lemonade out of the lemons. It's all going to be okay. And it was a really tough experience. I am five years out from that right now. And although I have learned so much more now about trauma and what a trauma response is and what a trauma response does to you as the person, you know, on the receiving end of that trauma, but also as a person who loves somebody with a traumatic background, I have also learned enough to know that there is so much more to know. And that we can't just gloss over bad things that happen to us. We really have to get in there. We really have to be unafraid and courageous and learn how to go deep, not only to manage our own trauma, but to also hold space for people who had different kinds of trauma so we can relate together and all heal and at least move into some kind of a life that is the kind of life that we want. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful, right? And and so much of this journey, like, is that healing aspect. And I, I've come to discover in my own life, whether you like it or not, it's typically like your partner who's going to bring that out of you. 
right? Yeah. And and I've discovered that like in friendships and relationships and business, like that partnership, that intermingling of the the human experience, like you're gonna find out some shit, right? Oh, yeah. And and sometimes that shit's gonna be heartbreaking and devastating. And sometimes that heartbreaking and devastating shit is like effectively what leads you to create change, whether you like it or not. Cause like sometimes like bad stuff is the catalyst for good stuff. Um, I know people listening probably first question is, are you still married? Yes, we are actually still married. Um, we are more happily married now than we ever were before because of all that shit. Because I am not hiding. I am not glossing over. I am not, you know, woo, it's all great. And he is also addressing his stuff. He is able to access his emotions now. He's able to cry and be vulnerable and to express all of the things that he couldn't express. I understand that his nervous system is still activated. I know what it looks like. You know, he knows what I look like. I know what he looks like. We are so raw now that we have developed a level of intimacy that I didn't even know was possible all because of the trauma. So I'm, I'm going to take you into some deep conversation here. Um, and my hope is that in challenging in this conversation, two things will happen. Um, one, I always want to learn, so I want to learn. Um, and two, to really create context around this experience of personal growth, both independently and as a couple. Because I'll tell you right now, the same thing, and you already know people are thinking it, you're crazy. What are you doing? So why don't we start there? What are you doing? Why have you stayed in this? Why are you still a part of this? Why, after all of it, have you put yourself in this position where you're like, fuck it, let's battle this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So many reasons. And I'm really glad that you went there because yes, you're right. Most people are like, you're insane. And are you codependent or what's going on with that? No, I'm not. Here's the deal. When this happened, when I found out about the first affair, I was mad. We were done. It was over. This is ridiculous. I found out about the second affair. I'm like, even worse. You're a psychopath. You're crazy. I hate you. As I found out about affairs three, four, and five, I started getting curious because that's not normal because we did have a pretty darn good life. And, you know, of course we had problems. Everybody does, but things were pretty, pretty good. We had been married 23 years at that point. And I was curious, why would anybody have five affairs? Why would anybody do that? It didn't make sense to me. My background uh, before I started doing betrayal recovery coaching is I was a corporate attorney. So I'm definitely analytical and I'm always looking for the root cause. And I feel like a lot of my attorney background kicked in and I thought, what the heck? This doesn't make sense. I want to figure it out. Now, in full transparency, I wanted to figure it out so I could heal me, so I could get a narrative around my story, so I could figure it out. I wasn't thinking about him or staying together or not staying together. I was thinking about this is the person that has the information and I want to get the information from that person. And that was a process. It took a while. It's not like he said, oh, this is wonderful. Let's just deal with all of our trauma. No, it took time. It took fighting. It took missteps. But the more information that I received, the more it actually made sense. And then the more compassion that I would actually have for him, because I did know the story of his childhood and it would make sense. It made sense to me that he would be, he has 
I hate putting labels on things, which is why I'm pausing. He's got a lot of abandonment issues. He's got a lot of the attachment issues. I know that. I understand that. When times were good in our marriage, he would cheat because he would think this is too good to be true. When times were tough in our marriage, he would cheat because he would think Laura's going to be out of here and I'm going to let be left with nobody. That made sense to me. It made sense to me as he was explaining the reasons why based on what I knew about him and what he had gone through. I never intended on staying or leaving. I intended on getting more information. The more information I got, the more it made sense, the more it made sense, the more compassion that I had for him. And then it started shining the light on me. Why had I missed this? Why didn't I know this? What is it about me that attracted this? Not that I'm taking any blame, but what was my part in this? And how can I grow? And through that process, we became closer. Now, practically speaking, we also, you know, live together. We have a family together. We have a business together. Yes, those are also reasons to stay together, but I'm also not afraid to pull the plug on it if it's not going to work. But it was just that spiral, that dance. And the more we learned and the more I understood, the closer we felt. Yeah, I, that's really fascinating. And I, I think that, well, two things come to mind here. One, um, I was in a Tony Robbins conference and a couple was having a conversation uh, about infidelity. And he looked at the the woman and he asked her, well, what role did you play in this? And and I thought to myself, that was a really fascinating question. Not in this way. Of, it didn't feel judgy. It didn't feel guilt or shame. But I think people so often fell to like sit in the truth. Like this is fucking two-sided. Like yeah. everybody plays a role in this game. Everyone has an experience. And and especially in, in Western society and America, particularly, we're so quick to cast everyone away when they make a mistake. And I've shared on this show before, I have cheated. I have made mistakes. I've done these terrible things because of all of the various reasons why one may. And in that process, even though I hate to fucking say it, like you learn so much truth about how it happens and yeah. and and many people will want to chastise you and, and cast you away and say you know you're you're this terrible person but the truth of the reality is circling back to what i said a moment ago like your partners your relationships will bring out the side of you on the things that you need to heal and i'll tell you this on the back side of and whether it's me being cheated on or me having cheated things i've shared on this show before Somehow I've become a better, stronger version of myself because of the willingness to nakedly face my inadequacies. And, and so what I'm curious about and what I'm leading to in this question is, what are your thoughts about the people who say, well, you know, run girl, that's that's all him. This isn't you don't deserve this, you know that conversation because part of me and i realize sometimes it just happens but part of me truly believes the vast majority of times on either side of this because women cheat too let me fucking tell oh, yeah. you there's that it's it's both people play a role in this so how do you speak to that and how do you address that when it comes to just looking at and assessing your own experience and actions in this moment yeah well it's really hard 
it's really hard because every situation is so different. But the bottom line is, I think cheating is always some sort of a call for help. It's all some sort of an, I can't express this and I don't know what's going on. And it's, it's a pain point. It's something that the person who cheats thinks it's a solution that's going to fix something and somehow I'm going to feel better. And it's just not. But there can also be compassion that I understand you're not feeling well or confident or whatever and that you're reaching out. But on the flip side of that, like the wound in me that I had to look at was I was really good at playing the martyr. I was the perfect wife. I was the perfect mom. I did everything perfectly for everyone, for everything. And I played that role well. And I played that role of the martyr that I'm doing it all and I'm doing it. When you look at like the vibrational match of that, what matches that? Somebody is going to take advantage of you. I acted like I should be taken advantage of. I acted like the long suffering wife. Now, did I cause the cheating? No. But that was the match, and that was my wound matching his wound. And had this not happened, I wouldn't have seen that in myself. I wouldn't have seen that in myself. And had this not happened too, he wouldn't have seen that in himself either. Yeah, that, that's powerful. And I think that there's a, for lack of a better way to phrase this, like a, a coming to Jesus moment in that. Very because- much. Because now you're going to have to ask yourself some really hard fucking questions. So I'm curious about in that experience. Now, obviously, I think when anyone has a moment like this, you're you're beside yourself, you're dumbfounded, you're shocked, you're like, you know, probably on another planet. What what was the process for you just kind of in the beginning of this? Because please go ahead. It was it was hell. I mean, it was absolute hell. I couldn't wrap my head around how this could happen to me. You know, like I said, it was like, I made everything perfect. I did everything right. How could this happen to me? And I couldn't understand it. And it was literally like a nightmare. And I threw up. I crumbled on the floor. I sobbed. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. During a fight when we found, when I was finding out about this, Um, He stepped on my foot and my toe was broken. I am a mover. I'm a dancer. I'm a mover. I have to move to process emotion. So in addition to not being able to cope, I couldn't even walk or move my body because my freaking foot was broken. So it was literally a state of collapse, a state of absolute crumbling collapse. And I would vacillate between rage and between wanting to numb everything and between not wanting it to be there. It was horrible. And, and in that, so I think what happens, I'll I'll speak from my own point of view. I I felt just completely lost beside myself, numb, all the things that I said. And then I realized like, okay, wait a second. If I'm hurting this bad, maybe this is a reflection of these things that are inside of me that I haven't faced yet. And and I think people are going to listen to I, I, my hope is that people are listening to this with an open mind and not sitting here judging and going, oh, this person, they're not staying with this other person, all this cheating, all this chaos. 
And and I I don't believe that's true of people. I think that you love who you love. And I think that sometimes you have to fight for that, even though it sucks, right? Because yeah. it's not always good. And I think when we try to pretend it's good all the time, that's when you find out actually it's not. And, yeah. and so when, when you started getting deeper into this, let's talk about the healing side of things here. Like like what became the the jump off point for for really getting to where you are today. Yeah. And I like, I'm, I'm going to like go back to what you said about fighting for something because I was in that plate of utter, place of utter collapse and I hated it. And then I would start doing some very dysfunctional behaviors, randomly Googling things, obsessing, trying to stalk the other women, you know, thinking about all of these horrible things that I can do. And I just had this wash over me that what kind of a person do you want to be, Laura? You know, do you want to turn into this bitter old lady? Do you want to be this vindictive, hateful person who, you know, is a man hater and is stomping around? And it was like, oh my God, that's not me. You know, I, that that is not me. It's not me to be the falsely happy, you know, make lemonade, make lemonade out of the lemons person, but it's also not me to be this bitter, hateful, vengeful, awful person. And that was where, when I started thinking, so what do I need to do to not be that person? Because we all know that person. What do I need to do to process this information and to understand this information? And what do I need to do to feel better? Because at that time I had kids at home. I needed to get up. I had clients I was seeing. I needed to work. How can I make myself better? And it was almost a place of extreme selfishness where it, it, that's where it first started clicking that I have played the martyr. I have played this role of the perfect wife, the perfect mom. It's about me now. It is about me. And it's about what I want. And it's about what I need. And I don't care how much money it costs. I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care if somebody supports it or not. It's about me. And now is my time to dig deep and to start figuring it out because I don't want to feel bad. Because I don't want to be that bitter, resentful, hateful woman. And that was kind of that, that starting place for me. And no, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know at all. I didn't know if my husband was going to be a part of it with me. And at that point, it really didn't matter. I just knew I needed it for me. And that's when I started. I reached out to, we, there was the marriage counselor we had seen. We saw a marriage counselor. We went to a marriage recovery retreat. I saw my own individual counselor. I started reading things. I started watching podcasts and, you know, watching different interviews and things like that. And I just started experimenting with everything that I could experiment with because I was desperate and I thought I will try anything. And it was a great process because that way you start understanding how things work in your body how it feels to be different. We hear the term, you know, process emotion. What does that even mean? And then to have different coaches, different counselors, different programs start helping you actually figure out what does that mean? You know, like I said, movement was a way that I would process emotion. How do I move when I can't walk? What are the ways that I can breathe it through? Can I meditate in this state? I couldn't meditate in that state. I was way too jacked up. My nervous system was on a high alert. I couldn't sit down and meditate. It was way too big of a stretch. 
And it was just that curiosity and that experimenting. Journaling helped me a lot. I couldn't sleep at night. I would fall asleep to podcasts just because it would give my brain something to focus on that wasn't my own psycho-crazy thoughts. Seeing friends helped a lot. Knowing that I was fighting for something and that something that I was fighting for was me and I didn't care what it took to make me feel better, but I knew that I was worth it and that I wanted to feel better. And that's what I was talking about earlier. When I originally was reaching out to my husband, it was kind of selfish. I need to understand what's going on with you because I'm fighting for me. And if you can come along for the ride and do your own healing and your own work, I'm all in because I do love you and I do love our life. But if you're not willing, that's your choice because I'm fixing me and I'm fixing me now. Yeah, that's really interesting. Would that have been the differentiating factor between whether or not you stayed together? Yes, absolutely. If he was not willing to face his demons and do the work, there is no way we would be together. How, because how our life get... is radically different. Yeah. How did you get to that though? Right. Because I think most people are just like, nope, I'm out bell. First time somebody makes some mistakes and we kind of live in a throwaway culture. Let's call it what it is. The first time somebody fucks up, everybody's like, ah, th burn them at the stake. And, and to me, I'm like, ah, that, that's not really reasonable because we're all human and we're going to do dumb shit. Um, but what, what kind of brought you to that moment of being like, if they're willing to do this, then I'm willing to like walk the path. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a process for a while, but the turning point was he, he, I kicked him out. He was done. We're out of here. He's in a hotel. You know, I'm at home. The first I'd say month, it was, I did this because you're a bitch. You know, I did this because of you, you always hurt me. You, 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 you. And it was like, we can't really have conversations around that. And there was a lot of cutting that off. There was a huge turning point where he came over one day because I called him and I asked him to come over and I said, you need, I want you to take care of me. I feel horrible and I just need you to take care of me tonight. I need you to make me food. I don't want you to say anything. I just want you to make me food and then clean up the kitchen and then go, go home to your house. And he came over and as he was getting ready to leave, and it makes me cry to talk about it, he looked at me and he said, this was not you. There is something so wrong with me and I am so broken and this is not you. I am eternally sorry for this. I don't know what is wrong with me. And I was like, oh, game on. Game on. If you're willing to look because it wasn't about me, it wasn't that I hurt him, it wasn't that I was a bitch. And just that vulnerability that willingness to open up and acknowledge that, yeah, he, he there was a lot of brokenness in him and that he was willing to fix it. That was that first step. Now, obviously, it's not like sunshine and rainbows. Yay. From there, there was a lot of hard work. And there were several different times where we almost did call it quits. But in the car, driving to the airport, going to an affair recovery weekend that we were doing, we were having, again, one of those moments where we weren't quite connecting. And I looked at him and I said, all I want is for you to fight for me. And if you fighting for me means fixing you, then why can't you do it? If you don't think you're worth it, 
can you do it for me? And again, that was a, one of those turning point moments where he was like, wow, I would do it for you, but I wouldn't do it for me. Wow, I am worth it. And it took both of us really doing it for ourselves, really understanding our own value and our own worth, and then walking, you know, side by side through that journey. And again, there's been many, many moments where one or the other of us slides, but we're both walking forward. We've got the plan, we've got the tools, and we have the awareness that this is a process. And it's not like choosing to walk the path together. It's not like I can never get off the path. If he quits, I can choose to be out of here. If I quit, he can choose to be out of here. But right now, and for the last five years, we have been walking the path together and we're both committed and we're both dedicated. And the more that you know, the easier it becomes and the more that you want to know. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. What I'm curious about in, you know, I, I shall say this first, I've come to realize in just doing my own research and trying to understand my own behavior and the behaviors of other people in this arena specifically is like cheating and infidelity in and affairs is like literally never about sex. Nope. Ever. It's like always about significance. It, it's about self. It's about... Sometimes it's about power. Sometimes it's about control. But generally speaking, it's never about sex. And so I think people get caught up on that thing. You said something a few minutes ago that I want to circle back to. Use the word intimacy. And you said that your relationship is more intimate than it's ever been. What does that mean? Like define that. Because I, I think people... Uh, I think people are listening to this and they're like, how could you ever love, trust, be compassionate, have empathy, sympathy, companionship, intimacy? What do those things look like for you guys? And, and more so, what were the tools that have led you to that here five years removed? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Because you're right. People think of intimacy as just sex. And it's like, no, that's not it. And I know people are curious, so I'm just going to say it. We always had great sex. That was never an issue. <laughs> and you're right. Affairs are not about sex usually. It's about something else. What it was is I said my childhood was kind of all about being happy and perfect. And I played the role of the perfect wife, the perfect mom. So I always had that facade on that I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is wonderful, even though I was exhausted, even though I was confused, even though you know, all of these things were happening. I still put on the perfect face. I, you know, put on the perfect outfit. I did my hair. Everything was perfect. You know, I, that was just, it was just a facade. And it's not that I was trying to be phony. It was just that that's how I thought I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do. Now, on the flip side, my husband thought 
he was supposed to be strong because he is a survivor of childhood trauma and abuse. So he can't go around being vulnerable and getting choked up at work and crying. He has to be this tough guy. He has to be the, you know, the stereotypical manly man in our culture. You know, the big boys don't cry. He bought into that. He's going to be the provider. He's going to know everything as the man. You know it all. You do it all. Nothing phases you. So he was playing that role the whole time too. So then when we would try to come to each other to create some intimacy, and by intimacy, I mean showing each other our shadows, showing each other our fears, holding space for that. We were not good at holding space for that. I would come to him with a problem and he'd say, do a better job. Figure it out. You're smart. Do a better job. He would come to me with something. I'd be like, I don't know. You're the man. Figure it out. There was kind of that level of snarky rudeness there because we were not holding each other's shadows. We were not in that compassion place of, wow, tell me your pain. Tell me your fear. Sure, I knew he was abandoned by his parents. Okay, whatever. What does that mean? Figure it out. You're an adult now. I didn't get it. So what I mean by our intimacy level now, now he can come to me and say, I'm having such sadness over the death of my brother. I'm having such sadness over the estrangement with my mom. I keep thinking back to being a kid and, you know, not having money and being abused. And I still love her and I'm feeling conflicted around that. And instead of me being like, yeah, well, that's weird, whatever. I get it now. Tell me more. And then same thing with me as I'm having my insecurities and my fears. I can go to him and say, I'm afraid. You know, I'm, I'm gaining weight. I'm aging. My business slowed down this month. Oh my God, what if it never picks up again? And then he can hold space and hold compassion for that around me too. Because now we know each other is not perfect. And as silly as it sounds, there were so many years where I was like, I married the perfect man and he is perfect. And he would think, I married the perfect woman and she is perfect. But then inside, we both knew we weren't perfect. So we were always trying to live up to expectations that weren't real. And now I know he's not perfect. And I love that more. And he knows I'm not perfect. And he loves that more. Yeah, I think there's some truth to settling into the reality that, you know, especially in relationships, we put each other on these pedestals and we have these such high expectations because, you know what, date one, week one, you know, month one, you're like, oh, this is the perfect person. This is the greatest person in history. And then to some extent, you play into that with each other, right? You roll oh, that, totally. you play that facade of I'm this way or I'm that way. And then things get swept under the rug. And the truth is like right there in front of you. And sometimes if you don't acknowledge it, or even sometimes it's acknowledged by one person and the other person ignores it, yeah. or hears what they choose to hear. And, and I think that is one of the most dangerous things in a relationship is just the the ignorance to reality. Yes, yes. And that's one of the reasons that I, I, I love so much about what you do around trauma. I would see these things. I didn't know what trauma was and I didn't know how to respond to it. 
I was not trauma informed. As humans, we should be trauma informed. Everybody on this freaking planet is traumatized in some way, and we don't know how to deal with it. So then, yeah, he's having this huge trauma thing. I don't know what that is. I don't do. I can't hear you. I can't see you. Go away. And it shuts people down and it creates more and more and more and more trauma. What would you say to the people who are going to hear what you just said and be like, well, what if they're just using their trauma as an excuse? Mm -hmm. that... There's such a fine line on that. Because yes, do some people use their trauma as an excuse? Absolutely. I think, I think it's just holding space for a certain amount of excuses because that's normal, but to be able to ask yourself, is there forward motion? Is there systemic change taking place? Are we really on this journey or is it BS? Because I know through our journey, we would read books, we would see counselors and then at some coaches. And then at some point we'd be like, uncle, I, I need a month off or bad things would happen. And we would default into, you know, bad behavior, but there was always that forward motion. And also, you know, you asked about some of the tools, calling people out is in a loving way is such an important tool. And just the other night, we had a disagreement about something, and I called him out, and he was like, yeah, you're right, and we have kind of some humorous ways that we do that now. And then just same thing, then yesterday, he called me out, and then it becomes kind of a game. It's a spiral game that, yeah, we're calling each other out in a loving way. We're not forcing and demanding change but we're holding each other accountable. We're being a tr partners in the true sense of the word because we're making each other better, more complete people by virtue of the fact that we're doing it together and we're understanding. Yeah. What, what role does the word respect play in all this? Hmm. I think respect is really important. What role does it play? I don't, I don't think you can continue on in a relationship, whether it's a professional coaching, counseling relationship, a friendship or a relationship, if you have truly lost respect for that person. Now, that said, people can do some things that don't earn your respect. Like, do I respect my husband's cheating? No, he made a horrible mistake multiple times. But do I respect him as a human? Yes. Have I done some unrespectable things? Of course. But do I continue to strive to earn the respect of those around me? Yes. And in that, so I think a lot of people will go, all right, so ultimate disrespect, right? People often label as cheating. I, I don't believe that to be true yeah. in my own personal opinion, uh, but that is my personal opinion. But because that is so much the nomenclature of society, uh, I, I do want to broach that. How do you go from this place of disrespect to repairing respect? Um, I'm with you. I don't think it's disrespect. It's disrespecting of yourself. Anytime we do something 
bad, negative, grouchy, awful, whatever. It's disrespecting ourselves because we are healthy, whole, and complete humans. Our soul is unbroken no matter what happens around us. So any bad behavior we do, we cannot do to another person. We do it to ourselves. You know, even the ultimate where you're physically hurting somebody, it hurts us to hurt somebody else. So I'm with you. How do you go from that place of switching over? I had to completely untangle myself from anybody else. I had to completely and firmly recover my identity and my worth so I could get out of that victim stance that somebody else did this to me. So I could get out of that poor me and so I could reclaim agency in myself and in my own life. You know, you talk about being the hero. What is the hero going to do? The hero is not going to roll over. The hero is not going to allow him or herself to be disrespected again by reclaiming your own respect and by standing in it. I am standing in my self-respect. Anybody can do anything to me and they're not going to knock me out of the respect that I have for myself. I think that's such a fascinating way to look at that because in my head, prejudging what your answer was going to be, I was like, oh, she'll be like, this person has to do this, 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 and this. And uh, I, I love that that's the way that you look at it because that's the way that I look at it too. That, well, let me rephrase that. That's the way I look at it now. Have, having yes. come from the backside of being and telling, you know, I feel unrespected, I feel disrespected, I feel these things, I came to realize like, wait a second, this isn't even about me. This nope. has nothing to do with me. This is someone who needs to go through their own thing. And then vice versa, same, right? Obviously, it's fucking two-way street. I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm somehow innocent because I promise you I'm not. And, <laughs> you know, the the thing is, like, I, I think so much of this journey is about the, the continuation of healing, about taking these ideations, these understandings, and to some extent, even, like, just letting go, right? And, yeah. and looking at this and going, okay, how does the pain of reintroducing, you know, to your point, like Googling people and Facebooking them, like, what the fuck does that do for you? Nothing. Right. It's like, it's like punching your hand into a wall over and over and over again. And at, at some point, like you really have to look at it and acknowledge like you're choosing to do this. Yeah. How do you reconcile that? Cause I, I, I want to, I want to say this too, first before yeah. you answer, please. The reason I want to know how you reconcile that, because I know, I guarantee it right now, somebody is listening to this, going through this scenario, fucking miserable, bashing their hand into this wall over and over and over again, and they just don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, there's, there's a lot around that. But, you know, you talk about like the tools. Truly, the tools are figuring out who you are and what you want. Because we are so conditioned in this society that somebody is going to discover us. Somebody is going to represent us. Somebody is going to save us. Someone's going to fix us. And literally every single tool is about reclaiming your identity, your worth, figuring out who you are and what you like. Does it feel good to bang your hands into the wall? No, it doesn't. Does it feel good to, you know, reread letters? from affair partners? No. Does it feel good to go down the social media rabbit hole? No. Does it feel good to walk around being bitter and angry that this happened to me and this and I was fired and I had this? And No. 
Like bottom line is it doesn't feel good. And we're so focused on what doesn't work for me. And to flip that question around and to figure out who do I want to be and what do I want? I mean, that's such a hard one because people go from, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want that. I don't want that. And then when you say, what do you want? They'll go sky high sometimes. I want $10 million and I want blah, 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 blah. And you're like, that's great. But what are some of those in-between steps? Can you figure out what you want now? And most people can't answer that. What makes you feel good? What do you find funny? What do you need to do to calm your body? What do you need to do to get out of an activated nervous system? What do you want? How do you want to be in a relationship? How do you want to feel? Define what feeling cherished feels like. Define what feeling love, loved feels like. People don't know that. And when we're all walking around life, just kind of vague, yeah, I just want to be loved and I just want to find my person. What does it mean to find your person? What does it mean to feel loved? I just want to be happy at work. What does that mean? Describe that. Show it to me. Tell me about it. It's so personal and it's all about how and why do you want to feel that way? Yeah. And I think expressing it is so important too, because, you know, all, all of this, I think is about communication, right? All okay. of it, I think is about the willingness to step into vulnerable conversations, to share your truth, to, you know, weigh on the the side of like, yo, I might say this and this person is not going to take it the right way. I might say this and this person may actually feel hurt right? Even unintentionally, that's a part of this. I may say this and I may be ignored. I may not be listened to. But I, I think the most important thing in in this journey, whether we're talking specifically a, around this subject or anything, is the ownership of your truth, because yes. that's the one thing you have, and the ownership over your mistakes and the great things that you do. And just taking this radical look at your life and assessing and saying, this is who I am. This is what I want, what I believe, what I stand for. And look, it's not always going to work out, right? No. But in that, you're going to learn truths about yourself. You're going to understand yourself better and you're, you'll learn. What I'm what I'm wondering here is, what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned about yourself over the course of the last few years? Oh, that's a great question. The most important thing, truly the most important thing I think that I've learned about myself is that it is all about me, that I truly can create healing or not. I can create misery but that this is my life. I, you know, I talk about being the choreographer of my own life just because I've got the dance background, you know, similar to, you know, the hero, but it's about me and it is what I make it. And I can make something good or bad, not in my childhood way of glossing over it and smiling it, smiling through the pain, but in a real self-actualized adult mature way of this is my life. And I can reach out and get the help that I need and I can do the hard things and I can look inside and I can create things differently. I can walk away. I can do anything. It's just that I have to decide and to your point, own the consequences because I've made some really stupid business decisions and 
it's okay to own those really stupid business decisions. And I've made some really brilliant ones too. And it's okay to own that too. Yeah. That, that's so true. I wish more people would own the greatness, right? Uh, you know, it's so funny because I'll say certain things to people and they'll be like, you know, jokingly, they'll be like, oh, you're so humble. And I'm like, I don't believe in being humble. Like yeah. we we live in this worst society where everybody's like, be humble. Don't don't put yourself out there. I'm like, no, I've done some fucking amazing things. Like yeah. and if more people own that, I think the world would be such a better place. Uh, Laura, this has been an incredible conversation. Before I ask you my last question, um, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. They can find me at laurachetel.com or I've got a free betrayal recovery guide at betrayalrecoveryguide.com. So either place would be wonderful. Brilliant. And of course, with the links in the show notes, my last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? I love this question so much. To me, being unbroken means having the desire to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to keep stepping on, not knowing if you're going to fall or if you're going to soar, but just being willing to take that journey and to keep moving forward. Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. 
And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.